This is Logic, and you're listening to Five Questions with Dan Shawbell. You're listening to the Five Questions podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Shawbell. In fewer than 10 minutes, my goal is to extract the best advice from the world's smartest and most interesting people by asking them just five questions. My guest today is rapper and record producer Bobby Hall. Known professionally as Logic, Bobby has released six studio albums and received two Grammy Award nominations. He recently retired from music to be a father and write his latest book, This Bright Future. We discuss his life transformation, overcoming trauma, and lessons learned during this podcast episode. Bobby, welcome to Five Questions. Thank you for having me. So your memoir talks about your life transformation. I'd love for you to talk about being born Sir Robert Bryson Hall II and that transformation to Bobby Hall and Logic. 1990, born into two addicts lives my mother and my father my father addicted to crack cocaine among many other things my mother an alcoholic and addicted to pills it really definitely shaped i think my life and how i perceived the world around me because my world was not outside the four walls of my house not really anyway and i think as i got older not having a father really ever there and the only time he was there he wasn't necessarily setting the best example i did the best that i could to escape that world in a positive way through creativity anime film video games, just trying to be a normal kid. And in many ways, I had a great childhood. And as I got older, it was poetry and music that I found the best escape in because I could actually take my emotions and feelings and either A, write about the things that I was actually going through, or B, just pretend to be the coolest rapper in the world. The more I put into my craft, the more I received. And I saw myself getting better day by day. The more I put in it, the more I slowly became logic. I actually love that and really relate to everything you just said. Not because I've experienced the same trauma. I was you know, bullied growing up and I used blogging and writing as a way to escape. And I reallocated the time I spent trying to get along with people who weren't trying to get along with me to writing and writing and writing. Even though you experience so much pain, you can also redirect that time and find something else and invest the necessary effort to be able to build something. One of the similarities I've noticed in my interviews, and I've interviewed over 2,700 people over 14 years, is someone's weakness can actually be disguised as a strength. How do you think your mental health struggles have been a driver for your success? I used to not have anxiety. I had anxiety like your average person had it. I had some crazy panic attack when I was like 13, which I talk about in the book. But for the most part, it was kind of your average run-of-the-mill anxiety. If you're in a stressful situation, you may get a little shaky and your heart races or whatever. I was extremely unhealthy my whole life. There was a time when I was doing two, three tours a year, and some of those tours were 45 dates in like 56 days. And I just go and go and go. And that way of life started to destroy my mental state. And I really believe there is a symbi, there's like the symbionts between uh, the body and the mind. And so I never exercised. I never did anything like that. And I had like a breaking point, but I was still just not dealing with the real things inside. But after that breaking point mentally in 2015, I decided in 2018 to completely change everything. I just hit this insane breaking point again. I actually broke down on a stage in Pittsburgh in tears. I was so exhausted. I was so scared. I was scared I would do something I didn't want to do. And that height of anxiety taught me how to say no. And that is what changed my life. That is how mental health has changed my life. What I tell a lot of people is say yes a lot, especially when you're first starting out for the privilege 
to say no later. What's interesting about you is that, you know, you at least briefly retired from music to focus on being a father. How did that change how you're going to work and live in the future? I think I retired the old version of myself. I retired the mentality I had before. I'm not trying to make hit big hit smash hit records. And honestly, it's because I'm over the hamster wheel. I don't want to go, 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 go. I mean, I've accomplished basically everything you can accomplish as a musician. It just allowed me to realize what matters most and what matters most is family. And, you know, I never really had a family. And I think in many ways, my entire life's goal has been to have the family that I never did. And having my boy and him being named little Bobby is very important and very special to me. But now it's all about passion. I'm writing this crazy film right now that I'm going to fund myself and make it. And I've been getting into acting and I'm on this new show with Joseph Gordon-Levitt for Apple TV called Mr. Corman. And I spent my entire career trying to prove people wrong or give them reasons why I do deserve to be this, or I do deserve to be that, or I can this. And I think having the realization to know like a lot of my career was kind of from a chip on my shoulder, trying to prove that I am worth it. I am worth it. Now I realize I've always been worth it. I never had to shout or scream that I'm worth it. I only need to know my self-worth. Of course, there's pressure in any project that you will do, especially because your name is linked to it. So they expect it to be a certain way. So there is some pressure still. But what's good about your situation now is you're more selective. You're like, even if the critics don't like this movie or any other or this book, let's say, even though your last book did extremely well, your novel, maybe that doesn't matter as much to you anymore because you've grown so much over over the past you know, several years. As a fellow author, I will say, like, I think I've learned to over the past 10 years, just appreciate the fact that people even read and acknowledge it. I mean, think of it, there's over a million books published every year. 90% of books sell fewer than like 2000 copies. So people even read it is like a blessing at this point. I know you talk a lot about kindness. I actually, when I think about people now, in terms of relationships, in terms of friendships, in terms of business associates, that's the word that is most important. That's like the deal breaker. So what does kindness mean to you? Whether it's a producer and an artist in a studio having a conversation, or it's two human beings talking about life, fashion, interests, whatever, any passion that they may have, kindness is so important. And once again, I think, I really believe like we are all children. And I always say we're just like five-year-old kids with nuclear codes. Like that's a real thing. So I think, yeah, we grow and we become more stubborn and many of us can harden and be mean. And that can also affect others and how they project themselves. Or maybe they don't want to put themselves out there that much because they're scared that they'll be utterly torn down. But nobody's going to look a little five, six-year-old kid in the face and tell them, you do not draw the sky orange. You do not paint it orange. You don't. Like, of course they do. They're a child. They have imagination. So I think kindness is very important. It takes more muscles to frown than smile. Like, that's a real (laughs) thing, dude. Like, I don't know why people would go out of their way to be like douches. I think kindness is even more important now because we live in, you could say, an unkind world. Like, it's a very harsh realities with a lot of the big issues we're facing as a society and global culture that being kind actually makes you stand out. People want to work repeatedly with kind people. So if you want a long-term career, long-term relationship, kindness is the cornerstone. And what's your best piece of career advice? If you are not insane, don't do it. You have to be crazy to truly follow the thing that burns inside of you. Many a night, I mean, years, I didn't go outside. Like I didn't, uh, damn near, you know, with the exception of going to the store. I sacrificed and jeopardized 
personal relationships, relationships with family, and almost an unhealthy way. All I would do was obsess and consume myself by music and rapping and writing and lyrics. And I mean, all the way down to the human anatomy of how our bodies work so that I could better write punchlines and understand what the word intravenous means at like 14. Like, like I missed out on a lot, but and I wouldn't have any things that way. other people couldn't dream of doing. So it, there's always trade-offs and, and opportunity cost. Agreed. So yeah, if you're going to do it, do it like a psychopath, whatever it is. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, Bobby. To follow his journey, you can read his book, This Bright Future, and find him on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, where he shares his appearances, latest songs, and life updates. To watch the full extended video version of this episode, go to youtube.com slash Dan and please remember to rate and review the 5 Questions podcast on iTunes. 